Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org and by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you're like the majority of Americans, you're a pet owner. Seven out of every 10 of us owns a pet here in America, generally a dog or a cat, and this has created a huge pet care industry and unlimited opportunity for creative animal-loving entrepreneurs. There are also plenty of unwanted animals wandering our streets, particularly of the feline variety, and that has led to the creation of animal rescue organizations that seek to find homes for needy animals and make the community a better place. Today, we're talking to animal people on both the private and nonprofit sides of the spectrum. One of them is Amanda Floyd, who is joining me here today. She is owner and manager of The Royal Treatment, a high-end boarding and day spa for dogs and cats that recently relocated to a new 7,000-square-foot space on Lee Drive in Baton Rouge. The Royal Treatment offers its guests and their owners who pay the tab private suites, condos, or even a luxury unit tricked out with chandeliers and two-way monitors to enable constant contact between owner and pet. Amanda first opened the Royal Treatment in 2011 in a space on Perkins Road. In the years since, growth has been so brisk she had to expand to keep up with demand. Amanda has always loved animals and worked for several years as a dog groomer before branching out on her own. And Amanda, it's such an impressive story how you were able to do so much being so young and we look forward to hearing your story. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Also with me and Amanda is Angela Schifani, Development Director of Cat Haven, a nonprofit cat rescue organization that was founded in 1999 in response to a community need for comprehensive rescue, foster, and adoption services for cats and kittens in Baton Rouge. When Cat Haven began, it was the first rescue organization to spay and neuter pets before adopting them to new homes. Today, it continues this practice and partners with local spay-neuter programs to ensure population control and quality of life for both animals and people in the city. Since its inception, Cat Haven has saved more than 12,000 cats and kittens. That's really impressive, Angela. Thanks for being here today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Well, Amanda, so you recently relocated the Royal Treatment to a well-known building here in Baton Rouge. It was the Doll Museum, and spent you spent a lot of money, several hundred thousand dollars, building it out to include all sorts of high-end amenities. You recently told me you wanted it to feel like the Ritz-Carlton when you walk in and when your pets walk in. Right. Why do animals need this level of luxury? What's the, <laughs> what's the, the thinking behind this? Yeah, well, actually, um, this has been something I wanted to do since the original location. And being so young, right out of college, you're never gonna get the equity you need or any of that <laughs> right. to 
to get the loan, you need to do it right. You know, I had several people ask me to board, but I didn't want to do it to where they were stuck in little kennels and I didn't have a grass yard or anything. So our main goal is to make them feel at home or better or, you yeah, know, better, comfortable. Better. <laughs> yeah. So we never even thought about doing Ritz Carlton style. I didn't think of it that way until a client came in and said, oh my goodness. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but really, you know, if a dog walks into a place that smells like a vet, you know, or, or it feels like, you know, something that is just not welcoming, which really has to do a lot more with the people, but if you have the amenities for the pet, it'll help them to feel like they're more at home. And it makes the owner feel like, okay, I can trust that my dog or cat is going to feel even better maybe while I'm over here having a great vacation. They get to have their little vacation too. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. This industry should be fun. Just give us a rundown of a few of the yeah. amenities. Well, we have everything from uh, chandeliers everywhere. Okay. We didn't want to do any bars or little crates for them to stay overnight. Once right. again, we want it to feel more like a room, more like home. So everything is uh, suite style, which means stainless steel, uh, glass, tempered glass. Our standard is high end, so you're still yeah. getting a suite. Um, we also offer our uh, grooming services, and those even include a mud bath. They include a mud bath yes. for animals. Very yes, nice. um, we work with a really high-end uh, set of products that is vet grade, but also spa grade. And mud baths <laughs> are great for detoxifying the skin. So down here, we really don't have seasons. So you see a lot of itchy dogs and a lot sure. of a lot of breeds that probably should be up north, but we love the fluffy ones so much, you know. So that will help with the, with the skin to breathe. Mm -hmm. Very much fun. Well, I want to hear more yeah. about it. But Angela, I want to bring you into the conversation because your organization is sort of on the other end of the spectrum. You're just trying to get these homeless animals off the street to save them from being killed and find them a new home. How does Cat Haven do this? Cat Haven does this in a couple of different ways. Um, we take cats and kittens from the community. So a lot of people will find strays, for example. Um, other people have pets that they can't care for anymore. Yeah. So they call us and they say, hey, where can, I, where can I bring this cat? I don't want it to be euthanized. What do I do? Um, so we take in cats and kittens when we have space available. We're no kill, so we have a limited amount of space. So we don't take in more than we can care for. Um, the ones that we do take in, though, they reside in our adoption center, mm -hmm. which is state-of-the-art facility. We don't have chandeliers, but <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. Um, they stay there, and we're open to the public every day of the week, so people can come in and meet and greet with the animals and find their perfect match. How many do you place? Like, say, per week or Ooh. per month? <laughs> so monthly, we're looking at an average. We're taking in about 100 or so in every month and we're adopting about the same rate so we're kind of constantly rotating so that's good how how great is the need here and how much greater is it for instance than in other cities uh, you know and i don't know if y'all have comparable metrics but i'm just curious well the population of stray animals is pretty high in baton rouge especially cats and a lot of that has to do with people not regularly and routinely spaying and neutering, mm -hmm. which is also another big part of our mission. Um, so yeah, right now, the Companion Animal Alliance, so that's the city shelter, which means that they're open intake. So any animal that's brought to them, if that person lives within East Baton Rouge Parish, 
they are required by law to take that animal in. Interesting. Which can lead to overpopulation and thus euthanasia, unfortunately. Um, You just don't have the resources to care for every stray animal that exists, Mm -hmm. especially because our stray animal population is so high. So, um, we work with them. We reserve about 30 to 35% of our population to take animals from them when they're running out of space. I see. And we do that because we don't want them to have to resort to euthanasia just because they're running out of space. Sure. We, we see that as a pretty terrible, you know, reason to euthanize an animal. Um, and so we try to help them out because they want to avoid it too, yeah. of course. Now, you're a nonprofit. You are funded through donations and grants or just so, donations? Yes, we are predominantly donation-based. Um, I don't have the statistics available, but the majority of our funds come from individual donors. A very small amount comes from the adoption fees that we charge, um, but really the adoption fee pretty much minimal, pays. Yeah, very sure. minimal. pays for most of the services that we provide for the animal. Um, other funds come from fundraising events, and every now and then we'll receive a pet-related grant from somewhere like PetSmart, Petco, something like that. How much does it cost to keep you all in operation every year? I mean, what's um, your operating budget, I guess? Well, <laughs> it takes about $700 a day to oh. care for the animals in our facility and in our program. Um, so earlier I mentioned that we usually have over 100 animals in the facility itself but we also have foster volunteers who work with us because some kittens aren't old enough to stay in the facility we want to make sure they're at least 10 weeks old otherwise they might get sick um, and it's just not a good environment for them to stay in when they're that little so we probably have about 100 more that are in our foster homes right now interesting uh yeah so it's a lot of animals that we care (laughs) for and we don't want the fosters to have to pay for all of the supplies for those animals so we pay for the litter and the food and everything that they need as well wow so yes it's a costly operation but we're happy to do it now amanda what percentage of your pets are cats versus dogs are you 50 50 (laughs) or are you mostly dogs we're mostly dogs Uh, we just started into cats I've always felt that cats kind of get the short end of the stick when it comes to Baton Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of places uh, that are only for dogs, and so I wanted to make it special for the cats. So, yeah, we have a, a small percentage, but we just started getting the word out there, so I'd love to actually partner with you to help you out as well because we have a very large, wonderful space for them. Now, how much does it cost to check into this high-end yeah. spa for pets? Okay. It's pretty average compared to other places like mine in the area. Mm-hmm. But, yes, uh, you can build your package, which is wonderful. Okay. So, so if you f- want to come in and get your suite, which is uh, a suite here is if you go to somewhere else that have the crates and the suites. Yeah. Okay. The suites here are going to be your higher-end suites somewhere else. So those start around $50. $50 mm-hmm. a day or overnight? $50 overnight, so okay. a day, yes, and it is per uh, per dog. That is because we want to make sure that it's individual attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And does that include their food for the night? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. so that's everything. It's a, uh, it's a bed. It's food for the night. I've always believed that not only should they get individual attention, but more than two walks a day. So they're <laughs> getting about four walks a day. And I wanted to do more of quality versus quantity. So... In our main kennel area, there's 40 suites. Wow. Okay. So versus, you know, rows and rows and rows of hundreds of kennels and dogs, we're able to have more of a quiet environment Mm -hmm. and more of a one-on-one environment that the attention they deserve. How many people do you employ in the 
care of these animals. We have about 18, and it, wow. we're very picky about who we hire because we not only want them to be able to do the job, but enjoy it. Yeah. Because when you enjoy what you do, it shows not only to the furry client, but to, of course, the human client as well. So you are in charge of all these people. I mean, are you the sole owner or do you have a partner? I am the sole owner. I do have a wonderful group of family, friends, and also uh, the Louisiana Business and Technology Center who helped me. And I also have a wonderful leadership team of people that have had experience in either in the industry or, you know, managerial experience. Right, because I was just so impressed that you, you were able to grow this business, you know, from such a young age. I mean, was it hard to learn... The, you know, how to find the real estate and, and negotiate a lease and build it out and hire people and well, I've always believed get loans and yeah, yeah. Uh, well, two things. I've always believed if you have a good group of people around you that believe in what you're doing and have the knowledge that you might not use mm -hmm. them, you know, use their knowledge and and become you know friends with friends with them and be able to ask them and I have a wonderful group that does that but also <laughs> when you're younger and it's your first place ignorance is sometimes bliss <laughs> so no question just, about that right yeah. I was just rearing and ready to go I had a passion and I wanted to do it and whatever came my way I was just gonna do it and so yeah I think as and you didn't have any initial investors with you or I have a, a wonderful family that okay. helps me Okay. But the, the first loan was a very small loan, uh, big for me, but the first loan was about $50,000. Um, and I have a very small bank in Bank of St. Francisville who believed in me as well, and they, they gave me the loan. So That's yeah. great. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Amanda Floyd of The Royal Treatment and Angela Schifani of Cat Haven. Now, Angela, your background was not in the animal world. In fact, you, you've been in nonprofit sector and have worked for other nonprofits. How did you seg into, into Cat Haven? Hmm, good question. <laughs> um, yes, when I found myself working at Cat Haven, I've always loved cats and okay. animals. I have two at home myself. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting journey. So after um, graduating from the LSU Manship School of Mass Communications, I started working at STAR, which is Sexual Trauma Awareness and Response. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Great nonprofit here in Baton Rouge, and now they have a location in New Orleans as well. Um, but yeah, I was working there, and I worked there for about two and a half years. I started there doing communications-based um, work. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately, along the way, as nonprofits will experience from time to time, we lost some potential funding that we were planning on having. Um, and so we, my position was eliminated. And I wasn't ready to leave because I really cared about STAR and I really was passionate about the mission. So I started doing resource advocacy work, which okay. is actually working directly with clients. And I did that for about a year there. And uh, while it was very rewarding, I kind of decided that it was time to step back. I was experiencing uh, burnout, which many people in nonprofit experience. And uh, I was ready to go back to my roots and do something more communications-based. And I saw the position available at Cat Haven. And I launched and, and went for it and applied. And um, I was accepted. And it's been a really great experience ever since. That's wonderful. I, um, I mean, I know how hard it is to, to raise money in the nonprofit sector in this market, you know. And um, how, how does Cat Haven compare to other organizations? I mean, how willing are donors to open their pocketbooks for your cause? 
So it's interesting because, as like you mentioned um, earlier, you know, seven out of ten people own pets. People love animals, and I mean, <laughs> we see it every day. People call us every single day saying that they've found a stray animal that they're worried about that is hurt and they really want to make sure it gets the care that they need, and it's because people really do care about animals. However, when it comes to, um, you know, giving your dollars, it is less on the forefront in people's Mm -hmm. minds. And it makes sense to an extent because other causes such as, you know, cancer research, for example. I mean, that is something that... Or or sexual trauma. Right, right? or STAR, exactly. That affects a lot of people um, in a very personal and real way. Um, So that is more um, available to people to donate money. Um, So, yeah, it's a little more challenging to get people to donate um, their dollars to our cause. Their time, however, people are very willing to to volunteer with us, which is really fantastic. We have a volunteer base of about 400 people, which is amazing. (laughs) And uh, they really give their time to us. Um, Last year, we had... And this is not including our fosters and not including those pesky volunteers who don't clock in and out. (laughs) We love you guys, but you need to clock in and out so we can log your hours. Um, We had over 4,000 hours of volunteer time last year. And again, that's not including our fosters who are, you know, spending whole nights with bottle babies, for example, having to feed them every two to four hours. That's that's dedication to a cause there. And we're very grateful for them. How many um, clients do you think you have, Amanda? In our system, we have we have thousands. Thousands, yeah. Um, and then we have the ones that have been there since day one. They come every at least every four weeks. They're our huge supporters, and uh, we we get new ones every day. That's it's, wonderful. Yeah, it's a blessing. And you have some that come just for the day, not necessarily overnight, right? Right. right. The daycare industry has just exploded over the past few years, and. We wanted to be able to do that as well, but in a smaller setting, Mm -hmm. okay? So uh, Camp Bow Owl is a wonderful place, and they are just focused on a huge facility with play, 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 play. I wanted to do the other end of the spectrum, which was, thank you, which was the ones that don't do so well in the huge setting, but do better in a small group setting. The younger dogs, the older dogs, the ones that are a little nervous about Mm -hmm. it. So we do have that for the day as well. Well, y'all, I want to take a little break from business for a minute because sometimes when you ask somebody an off-the-wall question, you get a different kind of insight that helps explain, you know, where they're coming from. So if you could be any kind of animal, what would it be and why? Probably one of my client's golden doodles. And a golden doodle, says Amanda. And why is that? They require so much love and attention. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some of the golden doodles I have that come to me are like my children, and we have a lot of them. That's the new fat as well. But they have their pictures taken at home by their owners every day. They come get their spa day every two weeks here. They have to be brushed and combed. (laughs) Um, They're, you know... I guess any... Like high maintenance would be another way of putting it, maybe? Yeah, I'm not high maintenance, but I think just the... they. Gosh, <laughs> if you could be a dog, I feel like Golden Doodles are right now in the spotlight, and they're they're the ones that are getting all the individual. They're certainly very, about. very cute. What about yeah. you, Angela? Well, I'm tempted to say my mother's Yorkshire, <laughs> uh, but... 
Believe it or not, I actually would be a cat. Okay. <laughs> uh, cats have uh, servants, not owners. Yeah. Uh, and cat <laughs> lovers will definitely know this. Uh, I mean, we love our animals. We love cats. We will care for them hand and foot, do anything for them, even when sometimes they don't want anything to do with us. <laughs> so this, so I'm glad you, because this segs right into something I want to ask y'all, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, especially you, Angela, but like people like dogs or they love dogs or they don't really like dogs, but dogs do not seem to elicit the kind of visceral reaction in people that cats do. And people either love cats or they hate them. And there's not a lot of ambivalence about it. What is it about cats? And maybe it's like you say, I mean, there's yeah. something about them that's mystical people are used to the idea of a pet being predictable mm -hmm. and yours right and do anything you want them to and behave in every way you want them to and cats and dogs that's just not the case right. uh, dogs are can be unpredictable as well um, but yeah cats are more so um, they are just more independent than yep. dogs and other pets are. They don't need us as much as we want them to need us, right? That's why we have pets. That's why we have babies. We want them to need us. <laughs> right. We want to be caretakers. And cats sometimes just don't need you as much. Yeah. Um, but they can be very affectionate, very loving, and great companions. Um, like I said earlier, I have two cats at home. I grew up with cats all the time because my mother did not spay our female cat, um, <laughs> which I know now is probably not best. Um, so I had kittens all the time. Um, cats can be, be very loving, great companions. Do we have adequate laws on the books in Baton Rouge to control the animal population, leash laws, spay, neuter, regulations, um, not having pets either. I'm not familiar with either of them. I mean, but do y'all think that the, the regulations we have are adequate? Adequate, yes, but they all, it can always be better. Uh, I wish there was a law for transportation. Hmm. Um, it's already very dangerous to drive in Baton Rouge. No kidding. And we see that it's very dangerous to ride a bike in Baton Rouge. So... It is alarming when I see a lab in the back of a pickup truck going 65 miles an hour. Yes. Or even a small dog hanging out of a window, mm -hmm. where you know if a small dog is in your lap hanging out of a window and you get in a wreck, where is it going to go? Right. I am guilty of this as well. I have a four and a half pound Yorkie who cries and cries if she's not on my lap, but it's something I would like to stop, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. We're not in the country. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that could, that should be regulated a little bit more because they have so many things to help that and harnesses and they even have booster seats for goodness sakes, you know. Right. Um, I think that that's one of the things that I've always thought could be more regulated. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Angela, with respect to the cats? Or? Um, it's, it's challenging because some people would probably feel as though that their rights as pet owners are being infringed in certain ways if we are enforcing certain laws. Um, however, you know, it's important to take care of our animals. And so um, I, I think the transportation idea is great because I do get really scared when yeah. I see certain animals um, and, and the way that their owners are transporting them. Um, spay and neuter, I think, would possibly be an area to explore, um, depending on the circumstances, obviously. Is it required here, though? Oh, no. No, it is not a law. Mm -mm. No. It is not a law. You don't have so to spay. So you all just advocate for it yeah, and we, encourage it, but we, there's nothing requiring it. Correct, yes. But social media is a way to get your messages out. How often do you all, and how important is social media 
in your organization and business? These days vary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am on there constantly. Really? Uh, Do you have I, a social media person that like posts Facebook and Instagram me. pictures all day? It's you. Yeah. I have somebody who has access to it, but 99.9% is me. Um, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, and then you're going to have the people that are just having one of those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have to vent somewhere. So, <laughs> But social media is... It's a necessary evil, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I think that, well, if I didn't have a business, I'd probably not be on it. But it's it's a great place to share awareness and to post fun pictures of cats and dogs, you know, playing or doing goofy things, because cats always do goofy things. Um, but... Yeah, in this day and age, you have to have a social media account, not only one, but multiple ones. And I would imagine for a nonprofit, Angela, it's indispensable. Oh, absolutely. Um, In fact, a lot of fundraising happens on Facebook, which is really fantastic. A lot of our followers will um, host their own fundraisers through their own Facebook page, and uh, we're really grateful for them. Uh, But yes, I am that person as well. I not only do our development, but I do all of our communications, which includes our social media. Um, so we have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, pictures are great. Pictures yeah, of yeah, pictures um, are fun. <laughs> we love taking photos of people when they've adopted animals from us. Um, we call them happy going home photos. It's it's really heartwarming and touching. And a lot of our adopters will send us photographs of their um, cats at home, kind of interacting with their other pets or their children, and that's always really great as well. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, it being an advocacy tool, I think it's great because most people are on um, social media sites and that's mm-hmm. where they get information now. So I think it's a really great way to reach out to people where they are and to um, reach a variety of groups of people because, um, you know, many people um, don't read the newspaper anymore. Uh, they don't watch, you know, news channels on television. Um, and so this is where you can reach them and, and get them to know about your organization and what you're doing. Well, Angela Schifani and Amanda Floyd, pet and pet owners in Baton Rouge, have so much to thank you both for. You all are helping the community, helping to make it a better place, especially for cats and dogs and their humans. So it's been a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Amanda Floyd of the Royal Treatment and Angela Schifani of Cat Haven. You can find out more about the Royal Treatment and Cat Haven by going to our website, itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Rusciutti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford, and you can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can hear this show as a podcast and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. 
Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base joneswalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. 